This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. Presentation matters. What our group really focuses on is looking at early stage companies and technologies um, and, you know, matchmaking them, if you will, to larger corporations, larger sports organizations who are looking to solve different um, problems or explore new opportunities. That's Fielding Jameson, Senior Strategy Director at the Global Sports Venture Studio, where all ideas are good ideas in modern content creation. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Global Sports Venture Studio recently announced a partnership with NBC Sports, modern content creation and dissemination. It was part of our conversation, and it's an evolving discussion that is open to any and all big ideas. Our guest this week is Fielding Jamison, who is the Senior Strategy Director with the Global Sports Venture Studio, which is part of everything in the new world of digital media and sports and technology. Hi, Fielding. How are you? Hi, Bram. I am great. Uh, Thanks so much for having me. Uh, We want to talk to you specifically about a partnership that you have with NBC Sports coming up, but, but just for some background, can you tell people what the Global Sports Venture Studio is? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Uh, The Global Sports Venture Studio ultimately looks to bring together the world's leading sports organizations to collaborate and engage with the sports innovation ecosystem, really mostly through startups. And our idea is we want to bring the future of a fan and athlete experiences to life through those collaborations. And so we welcome um, NBC Sports and a couple others uh, this past year's new, new partners, but we have um, about uh, 14 or 15 partners now and, and still growing. So what are you looking for when you bring someone in there with a new idea or a new technology? What is appealing to you all? We are ultimately looking for anyone um, from a sports organization perspective who is excited about new technology and interested in testing and piloting new solutions. And so what our group really focuses on is looking at early stage companies and technologies um, and, you know, matchmaking them, if you will, to larger corporations, larger sports organizations who are looking to solve different um, problems or explore new opportunities. And so what we're re- really looking for in a partner is an open mind and an excitement around uh, new technologies and trying new things for both their fans and athletes and potentially business operations. Okay, um, I'll drill down on some of the broader topics that I, I'm pretty sure you're, you're talking about. But but uh, when you use the word solving problems, what are some of the problems that are out there that teams are looking to solve when they connect with their fan bases? Oh, um, well, you know, ultimately, I think one of the biggest problems is some of these sports organizations have a hard time knowing 
who is part of their fan base. Huh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, trouble around, uh, you know, ticketing and who's actually attending games in terms of reselling. And so even understanding who's in the stadium. And then you have the idea of the flip side of, you know, who's watching at home and really understanding those home audiences. And then there's everybody in between, you know, a lot of those casual fans um, who are engaging potentially just on digital platforms. And then as we look younger, you know, the new generations, forget millennials, you know, it's all about Gen Z's now and how they're engaging, you know, they're engaging in sports via TikTok. And so I think, you know, just even one of the major problems and ultimately we help with this with some of our partners really just understanding who that fan base is. And then we take that and look at, okay, now that we can understand who our fan base is, how do we then uh, provide different solutions to reach that fan base in a way that makes the most sense? Yeah, this has really changed. I mean, you and I have both been in this field for a long time, sports and media. And forever, there was this assumption of who the fans were, what demographic class they fell into. And that's where advertisers went to on assumptions and now we're in a different space where through digital ticketing packages or through other social interactions, you actually find out how much broader your fan base is and you learn a lot more about who they really are. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think one of those audiences that we've been focused on is women. You know, I think as we talked about, you know, people make assumptions about traditional fandom and who those people are. And women have, uh, you know, for a long time been kind of left out of that conversation. And that's where we have also, you know, looked to help our organizations and even the Global Sports Venture Studio has looked to kind of be a, a leader in that space and explored how we can, you know, do better. For, you know, for example, women make up, I think the latest stat I read was 47% of fans. And yet no one was really doing a great job of talking to to women in a way that made sports fun and engaging for them. And so we're seeing new solutions and startups popping that up in that space. Um, like just women's sports is a great uh, new startup who's tackling specifically talking about women's sports, but also male sports um, to a female audience. And then another startup, the JIST, who's done a great job of actually, you know, sending, um, newsletters via email that's how they started yeah. just talking about sports in a way that made it relatable to women um, and didn't make women feel i think left out of that conversation or ignored and so you know that that ranges all the way from just that typical um first layer engagement as a fan but all the way down to things like retail experiences game day experiences you know how do we make those all of those things personalized to the fan and to whoever, whatever fan base that is. Yeah, and I think the other part, and we've kind of started talking about this, but look, it used to be that people found their sports in specific places. And as you mentioned, TikTok exists now, and it's a behemoth in the sports media space. And there are a variety of other outlets where people would and could interact with teams. I would assume that streamlining that is a priority for teams and leagues to figure it out. And then secondarily, to your point, um, all of those audiences are different, so you have to alter your communication with them in that way, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, when, when you think about it, think about, you know, even when uh, I started in sports, you know, uh, 10 years ago or so, you know, social media teams were one person. 
that was one person, you know, handling maybe the, you know, Twitter account and then Instagram started coming on the scene. You know, now these teams have to be creating content across numerous platforms and that content has to be diverse and it has to feel authentic to those platforms. So it's been, you know, I think it's definitely been an uphill battle for sports teams specifically, but also organizations, um, other organizations surrounding sports media organizations in particular, who are constantly creating content uh, to keep all of, uh, you know, all these different types of fans engaged. And then across numerous platforms, you know, what works on Twitter uh, is not going to work on TikTok. And what works on, um, you know, a, a streaming platform or OTT or over-the-top applications, you know, like some of these new platforms we're seeing, um, you know, that also isn't going to work on a, a Facebook, for example. And so you have to be, uh, you know, these, these social media teams, these organizations have had to grow to keep up with this demand for content in order to keep engaging with their fans. Yeah, it's funny because like, you know, for, for years, there was always just kind of messaging that came out of teams. They would try to brand a particular season or they would try to promote a particular player. But all the messaging was to kind of stay streamlined as they, you know, interacted with their fan bases. And I, I think we're beyond that now. And that's what we're talking about, that this is almost like a team could be looked at like a political party where the mm-hmm. base, the baseline is that you like this group, <laughs> but there's a variety of different ways that you like this group. And we're going to try to communicate to all of you and keep you in the big tent. Absolutely. That is a great analogy. I will most likely be uh, stealing that the next <laughs> time I talk about this topic, but that's a great way, great way to look at it. I want full credit I, for know, that. Full credit. That's what I want. Okay. Full credit. I, I will make, I'll make sure to trademark that. I'll make sure to give you credit on uh, it. But, you know, we're seeing that a lot with, you know, people engaging you with individual athletes more than they necessarily they're engaging um, with sports teams. We're seeing sports teams have to, as we've seen in the past year, take stances on a lot of social issues, which sports teams have never done previously. We're seeing sports teams, arenas, organizations take stances on the environment and political issues. So it's definitely a very new world for sports uh, in order to, I think, relate to newer generation fan bases. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's talk about some other big topics that are out there. Um, are you guys working in the sports gambling space? And if so, how are you um, viewing your role in the rollout of sports gambling throughout American sports? We are definitely keeping a very um, close eye and close watch on sports gambling. You know, that's one of uh, the big actually focus areas for some of our partners like an NBC Sports or even Fox Sports as well, who have really tried to um, ramp up their efforts in the in the sports gambling space, and so you know it's a very exciting time. Uh, I think you know when we saw 
DraftKings and FanDuel come out a couple of years ago, people were a little like, eh, is this really going to take off? And we all got like all of those ads every game we watched, <laughs> right? And then we just start, started to see more and more states approve, approve, legalize, legalize. And we're on the, I think, up and up for that. So we're very bullish on um, on sports betting. I think that it's going to open up a lot of doors. I think it can, it's going to be helpful for a lot of different types of sports, not just the you know, the big four, if you will, but, but others. Um, and, you know, I think that we're looking at new salute, new and engaging solutions and new technologies to help roll sports betting into our sports organizations in the most seamless, but also interactive way for fans. And so, you know, there's uh, more intense sports betting and there's a lot of companies out there. We also have been looking at, um, you know, more, we're, We've also been looking at solutions that focus more on that casual fan mm-hmm. who enjoys sports and has heard of sports and, and knows sports betting, right? But doesn't necessarily maybe follow every single, uh, you know, odds that, that Vegas is putting out, understands what the line is, understands really how to sports bet. So I think that there's also an education layer here that can be really critical to make sure that people really understand, you know, what they're doing, how to bet, how to bet responsibly. Um, and make this a fun way to view sports and not, not necessarily a distraction. And, and on, on that side of it, there is the real money and the free-to-play gaming experiences that are occur- occurring in and around, whether teams activated or leagues or broadcast partners incorporated into whatever their offerings are. Uh, where are you on free-to-play and potentially real money casual gaming we're looking at both. I mean, I think both are very real. Uh, as we know, I mean, both are very real um, options and opportunities for people. I think, you know, I personally am about giving people choice and the freedom to play how they wish to play. And so, you know, I think we're excited. I'm excited about both of those options. I think that there's times where I maybe more enjoy a free to play opportunity. But then, for example, if there's some big games or I actually want to put some money down and, and bet I, that having that opportunity to do that and not have to be in Vegas to, to do it is really exciting. And I think that opens up a lot of doors and um, it's definitely a new pathway for, for revenue for sports, um, which is great. As I, as I mentioned earlier, we have to look at this responsibly as well as a society and make sure that we are not, um, you know, helping people extend beyond their means and so there's there's certainly that concern and i do understand that at the same time sports betting has been around a very 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 long time um people have sought it out in whatever way has been possible previously and by necessarily legalizing it in these four and in some of these states and and in the u.s i don't think that we are um putting our country hopefully at, at risk to go down a bad path. Um, let's let's get into engagement for a moment, which we've touched on a couple of times, but I'm curious how you guys are, are viewing working with groups that want to maintain engagement. There's obviously a lot of options. There's obviously a lot of platforms. There's a lot of different types of offerings in and around sports now, whether they involve gambling or they don't involve gambling or they're traditional broadcasts or they're not. And everybody wants to keep eyeballs on them. How do you view the modern engagement model for teams to be successful? So I think what we push and, and talk a lot about is just diversification, right? And so we talked a lot about all of those different platforms in terms of that engagement. And so what we look to do is bring forward solutions that are engaging everybody um, from that really intense sports fan, fan. And so that could be um, 
you know, something like an intense bedding solution all the way down to a more novice fan who, by the way, might not even have a traditional media package. And so one, you know, example of that is a startup that we've uh, talked to a lot called Buzzer. And what they're doing is really changing the game of how people can watch sports. And so instead of actually watching like the full game or waiting for highlights, what they're actually doing is they're going to send you an alert to say, wow, uh, the, you know, this, the basketball game or the, you know, in this time where we're talking now, we're in the middle of MLB playoffs. So the Atlanta Braves Dodgers game is bottom of the ninth and it's, and, you know, it's tied and, you know, tune in now and they're driving engagement to specific moments. And what we're calling that is like micro moment viewing. Uh-huh. And so you're basically being, you're tuning into a, a moment. You get like 15 minutes potentially, I think around for free. And then at that point, you'll probably be hit with a paywall. Um, but there's also a model in which you kind of can subscribe to this idea of these micro moments. And so you're just kind of getting those quick moments um, to view. And so that is really more, much more gauged towards a casual fan or the younger fan base. And so I think when we look at engagement, it's just really critical, again, to be hitting um, your audiences, all of your audiences across different platforms and then looking for uh, different ways from that, like uh, traditional viewing, which I'll call the lean back experience, you're sitting on your couch, you're watching linear TV, all the way to like, you're on the go, you're just, you know, you you, you want to see this one moment happen in sports. And that's what's so great about you know, sports, it continues to drive so much of our social conversation, it's such social currency. And so people do want to know kind of what happened, they do want to be able to say, oh, yeah, I saw that play. They want to be able to talk about it. And so how do we think of and look at different engagement solutions that can help uh, people facilitate those types of conversations? Yeah, the NBA has been dabbling in this for a while where it'll pop up on their feeds like, hey, the Kings and Timberwolves are tied at 99 with 103 to go. Click over here and they've got a very micro payment attached to it. Would you pay a dollar to watch the last minute of the game? And so I, I, I agree with you. I think that that's a model that all sports are probably going to fall into um, as they drive engagement. All right. um, Tell us a little bit about the specific uh, partnership with NBC sports next. What are you guys doing with them? Yeah. So NBC sports next is really exciting. So they're a new group within NBC sports. And ultimately what they've done is they brought together a number of platforms. So they brought together sports engine, which is really focused on youth players and youth sports golf. Now, um, which is, you know, used all, all over the place. Um, one of their, you know, most highly um, engaged apps where people can book tee times at golf courses. They also have a B2B solution as part of Golf Now where golf courses can use their technology. And then they're bringing together Sports Edge. And Sports Edge is really that group that is focused more on that sports betting side and then gaming side. And what they do is that what they've done, excuse me, is brought all of that together to create what NBC Sports Next is, and their goal is to bring next generation digital applications to where kind of sports and technology intersect across those three groups, golf, youth and recreational sports, and betting and gaming. And so what we're doing with them um, is looking at those three areas specifically and surfacing new engines and startups um, in those areas uh, that could potentially, you know, again, move the needle for them and, and be innovative and push uh, push these experiences forward. And so in the betting and gaming spaces, we're bringing everything from, as I talked about, some of those um, more casual gaming uh, solutions. We're bringing those um, educational betting side. 
they already have a partner with PointsBet on that more uh, what I'll call it, um, advanced betting side. And so we're looking at some of the other areas um, for their applications in golf. We're looking at you know um, business to business solutions and um, different backend uh, solutions that could be put uh, implemented within their kind of app ecosystem. And then on the youth and recreational side, frankly, actually, youth sports is a big focus area across our entire partner set. And so we're looking at, you know, they have a digital platform through Sports Engine. We're looking at how you augment that. And that's everything, by the way, from, uh, you know, do you create an NFT of a, you know, traditional uh, player card? You know, for example, you know, all these, you know, back in the day, you get your picture taken on your, your youth baseball team. Does that picture, instead of actually that being kind of a player card, the traditional player card that was printed, does that become a digital card uh, that can be shared across your family? Is it interactive? Does it update live stats? Uh, does it become, again, what we're all referring to as a, an NFT? And can you sell it, right? And so there's there's some interesting, thing, you know, a lot happening there. Um Obviously, you know, moving up towards the the amateur side, name, image, and likeness, and that's opening a lot of doors. And I think we're looking at different um, solutions that help people navigate what that means for them. You know, these kids are you know 15 to 18 years old um, that are that are starting to look at like how that starts to impact them. And there's you know new, again new solutions, new companies popping up in that space. And so those are kind of the three the three main areas that we're working on with NBC Sports Next, but frankly, those, those lead across our, our partner set as well. Eight-year-old me is very jealous of some of the things you just talked about. That is that's pretty amazing, amazing stuff. Right? Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> it is. Fielding Jamison is the Senior Strategy Director with the Global Sports Venture Studio. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast, perfecting the golf swing is a passion. And then B1 Game, which is our sister component, is the tracking of you around a golf course as you play golf. Nothing to clip onto your clubs, nothing to screw in the handle, don't have to tap anything. Um, It essentially just through your phone or through your Apple Watch can follow you around a golf course and you can be as immersive with it as you want. That's Brian Finnerty, acting CEO of V1 Sports, who is helping golfers of all skill levels lower their scores. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.